Hello, and welcome back to the Morbid Museum. We are your hosts, Katie Mead and Luke Boyd. Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Sorry we had to cut out on you last week. That was mainly me. My poor little girl got super duper sick. She had a fever for like a week. And ultimately, it kind of benefited Luke anyway, because he had a wild, wild week at work as well. So we at a certain point, Luke was like, we're only human. Let's let's just take a take a pause and he was right he was right it was it was the right thing to do for us and we try not to ever you know skip if we can help it but we are in fact only human it turns out that's right what would <laughs> there be no morbidity without our humanity so that's beautiful <laughs> you're welcome um <laughs> and if you're listening in five years from now hey it's another episode let's get into it hey you don't give a shit what do you care <laughs> but yes i feel much more rested and, and tanned rested and ready for this week so absolutely I'm excited for i'm excited for what you're gonna crack open because i have no idea yeah i didn't tell about. luke uh so it's good that you're rested and ready because i'm about to break your spirit uh <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So this was meant to happen as we were still in Women's History Month, but uh, obviously it got delayed. So this is another lady. I thought, you know, we had talked about some really amazing women in our two episodes. And I thought, you know what, though? I think it's time to talk about a bad girl. Yes. Okay. Right. You <laughs> mentioned there was some Eveline coming in here. Bad girl. Bad girl. Talking about the sad girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... By bad girl, I mean a terrifying, psychotic monster serial killer known so sweetly as the Vampire of Barcelona. Real bad mommy. She's a bad bitch. The <laughs> <laughs> Vampire of Barcelona. Barcelona. Do you know her? Have you met Never. her? I do not know this woman. I do not know this queen. I do not know her Wikipedia page. I don't know anything about her. I've not seen a YouTube video. I am completely virginal, which for a vampire is not good. So, and and vampire is used very loosely for the, for the record to, to some extent. Well, you'll you'll see. If her story is a hundred percent true, this person is terrifying and committed <laughs> the most horrific crimes imaginable purely in the name of profit. Now, I said if the story is true because this crime occurred in the 20th century and at the time this story was so sensational. It would be sensational now, but you mm -hmm. think about sensibilities being even more different at the turn right. of the century in the 1900s. That it, there seem to be some discrepancies when you read different accounts of what happened. And it sounds like the media played a pretty big role in making this story perhaps juicier than it actually was. Mm -hmm. But then there's other researchers and historians who say, nope, this is what it was. This is what happened. So this was a this was a really tough one to research for that reason. And also because most of the content about her is only in Spanish. So this should come as a huge shock to you guys. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah, we are two uh, muzzy flunkies, okay? So we, I think we've proven that, if nothing We else. only can do the commercial. That's it. There's nothing else. You know, I can't pronounce anything and, that's not yeah, said sometimes in the front accent. Of me. You've got the French Oh, down. yeah, get ready for me to <laughs> butcher the Spanish language today, you guys. <laughs> so this is hard to suss because of a language barrier and perhaps some sensational yellowish journalism. Yeah, so if 
if any of you wonderful listeners out there are actually fluent in Spanish, specifically reading Spanish, if you want to read some of the books on her and like report back, I would love to hear more. The The content is sparse on this woman. This is really interesting. Right. I know. All I was for so, interpreters. Yeah. I've, I heard like a couple of podcast accounts, but very few of them like go into both sides of the story. They kind of cling to one or the other. So it's this regardless, though, it's a crazy story. And I think it'll be great for our show and Wonderful. definitely belongs in our little museum. Great. So. The Vampire of Barcelona, also known as the Vampire of Raval and the Vampire of Ponent Street, was actually oh. named Enriqueta Marti. She was born in Saint-Filieu de Lobregat in 1868. Oh. So, yes. So, we're, you know, we're in that same zone. She's, she's <laughs> straddling the centuries. She sure I is. I thought you had us in the 20th century, but oh. Wait, well. Formative years. The bad, formative years. Let's put it this way. The bad stuff happens in the 20th century. Yeah, she cuts her teeth in the 20th yeah, century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got it. Um, so based on everything I've said, I'm sure you can imagine I found less than nothing on her early life. Right. Um, the first real anything about her is that she migrates to Barcelona when she's about 20. And she does that because she's answering an ad to work for a bourgeois family as a servant. And so, you know, Barcelona is a happening place. It still is, of course. So she wanted to get out of her little hick down, basically, for <laughs> opportunity. She wanted a better life. Uh, so she is a servant and she's working for a while at that. But as she gets to know the city better and gets to see how seedy the city is, she realizes the way to really make money in this town is to get into the oldest profession, my friends. <laughs> Girlfriend becomes a sex worker. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Does she keep her clunky first name, or does she adopt something a little more sleek? It's Enrique. It's just how you say it. Enriqueta. Yeah. Miss Marty. <laughs> I like you invited that. Marty to the party. <laughs> In the city city. <laughs> Ole. So okay. <laughs> so she's working at a high class brothel, might I add. Mm. And uh, you know, this is such an education for her as a young lady, and she's learning a lot about sort of what are the gentlemen of Barcelona into? And we'll come back to that. Market research. <laughs> yeah. At some point, she marries a painter by the name of uh, Juan Puyajo. Puyalo? I don't know. He's really not that important to the story. There's only one part where he matters at all. But basically, they didn't have a great marriage. They <laughs> broke up a lot. He didn't live with her for a lot of it. And I have a feeling from everything I could tell, he just wasn't super into her being a prostitute. <laughs> Yeah, I don't imagine most husbands would be into that. Yeah, but, you know, can't live on an artist's salary either, y'all. So someone's right. got to make the money. Someone's got to hustle. Right. Puyayu was no Rembrandt. <laughs> Puyalo. Punami. If it's P Pu <laughs> Tsunami. <laughs> if it's P-U-J-A-L-O, it's Puyalo. Puyalo. Puyalo, right? Yeah. I like that. I said it more Italian. Puyalo. <laughs> It's a slippery slope with that. Whatever. Anyway. It's romance languages. It's yeah. So, uh, yeah. So they they hook up in like 1895. And, you know, they're okay. just trying to survive. And she's 
selling her body. He's selling her art. Uh, they sell antiques. Uh, she is, he, is, is he painting her? Is he depicting her? No. No. Oh, <laughs> painting landscapes while he's got a beautiful naked lady. I in literally house? didn't bother looking him up at all because he's I'm sorry. Okay, so not important. Gonna be my thing. I'm going to find we'll the PIO masterpieces. Yes, please. Yeah. This is going to be your new <laughs> your new it's my April new computer obsession. desktop. This is my Puyayo file. <laughs> I'm on the Sorry, hunt I'm... for an 1895 Puyayo. <laughs> uh, so uh, she also becomes a Bruya, which is a Spanish witch. So mm. she learns that she can make money as a healer. And she does pretty well doing this. And again, okay. more, on, more on that to come. But ultimately, all of this adds up to they're poor. They're poor as hell. So they are not in the minority in this part of Barcelona, in uh, Raval. At this time in Barcelona, there are about 600,000 people, which makes it one of the largest cities at the time, if not the largest. One thing said it was the largest, and I was like, I don't know if I believe that. That seems crazy. That's us. Like London. Yeah, there were cities of millions of people. Yeah, right? London, I think I know for a fact was more. So fuck you, whoever said that. <laughs> Challenged. Challenged that article. I did. I just did. Good. So shit tons of people, numbers growing all the time. And of course, the reason being, what's going on? What's going on in the 19th century? It's the industrialization of the world. Yes. And with population centers exploding. Absolutely. And with industrialization, we know there's an increase in population and also a massive increase in poverty, disease, unrest, and a huge divide between the super wealthy and the super poor. So she ends up in, like I said, Raval, which is a particularly unseemly area. And I think even today is still considered kind of a red light district, still not okay. super nice. And you can look at pictures of it online. It's it's kind of got this vibe of these like long alleyways where you're like, you shouldn't walk around there at night, I feel like. You know, right? I get the vision of like a cramped, dark, yeah. kind of sooty, smoky, yeah. dirty. Yeah, lots of like little shops and stuff that seem like it's okay during the day, but at night I don't, I don't, I don't feel great about that. <laughs> so <laughs> don't go walking in Raval at night. Yes. No. So again, like a lot of our other episodes that we talked about in this time period, there's that big divide. You have people who are unbelievably downtrodden, poverty-stricken, sick, desperate for money, doing whatever work that they can, and then people who are living their fucking best lives, <laughs> rich as hell, extremely mm -hmm. powerful, extremely influential. But these two classes do intersect in some ways, and one of the number one ways that they would intersect is at the brothel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a popular third place. It sure is. Next to the tavern. You, whether you're rich or poor, we all really like doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and life is hard. And it's life is hard. Harsh, brutal, and short. So you might as well get your rocks off. <laughs> Live it up, it. peeps. <laughs> That's that, honey. Get yourself to Raval and have a good night. Now, you know. I'm I'm completely fine with the legalization of sex work and I'm I'm, okay. I'm all on board with it but the, sure. unfortunately it would seem that the rich gentlemen of Ravel seem to have a particular liking for young girls. And when I say young girls I mean I've seen 
as young as three years old. No. Yes. Three to 16 is the age range that I've seen in the research. And it's like, I, I like started gagging because it's just, my kid is three. So that's like yeah, deeply, deeply upsetting. And this is like something that we encounter in like medieval mm-hmm. study. And like, you know, we think of like really backward or really uncivilized, unenlightened Correct. populations. We know there's a, there's a seedy undercurrent that has not gone away to this day. No, and we're going to talk Sex about that a bunch. Right. So like yeah. this is always shocking to encounter. So this is the this is the milieu of the story. Yes, exactly. And and not acceptable then. Let's also say that outright. It's not like Absolutely. people would be we're fine with post enlightenment. Yeah. No, no, no. We are in an age of ethics. Unacceptable. So this isn't something you would tell your friends about, let's say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can get away with that kind of shit too, because sure. there was no documentation of anything. So again, we'll come back to that. So this becomes Enriqueta's disgusting niche. She ends up owning her own brothel and she becomes a madam who specializes in procuring children for the wealthy and elite of Barcelona. So she's a sex trafficker. She's literally a a child sex trafficker. Yes. And if nothing else happened in this story, this would be enough to deem her one of the worst human beings of all time. But... (laughs) Who, baby? We are just getting started. So these children, of course, were from the area and were unbelievably poor, came from poor families. Often she got a hold of them through coercion, Mm -hmm. literally like a wicked fucking witch with candy and promises. And sometimes, and we also know this is a thing throughout history, Parents hoping for better for their child willingly handed them over to her. I have so many mouths to feed. What's, you know, one less and this nice lady is going to take her to the orphanage, yeah. quote unquote. She sounds so nice. Like she's she's taking her to her home. She says she can feed her and clothe her. We can't do that for her. So this right. is our best bet, right? This is like the inverse, like Dickensian benevolent rich guy, right? It's like <laughs> that could easily be a, an evil person as yes. well, taking your child. Yes. Yeah, correct. So... Don't sell your kids, folks. <laughs> just just an FYI. Folks, there are other ways. Yeah. Let's get the word out. So, um, yeah, this is why welfare is helpful. So, eventually, she also is just, you know, fucking swiping them. Because that's easy enough in and of itself. Oh, she's, she's just kidnapping. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, and this is a good time to mention that kids in this area disappeared all the fucking time. It was just a thing, right? Like an absurd amount of people. But despite that, I just want to pause on this for a second because I think you'll agree with me, Luke. The more I go through this story and the more I've learned about it, the more it reminds me of everything else. Like specifically, it makes me think of these other serial killer stories where there's a massive lack of intervention on the part of law enforcement because the people who are being harmed or are missing are not deemed worthy of investigating. So yeah, yeah. it's giving me Burke and Hare vibes. Oh my God. I mean, it's, it's very much, you know, we see all these different crimes where they are targeting sex workers, people of color, Mm -hmm. indigenous people, members of the LGBT community. And because this particular story pertains to children, it reminded me so much of the Atlanta child murders, John Wayne Gacy and Dean Coral. And Mm -hmm. I mean, Dean Coral, fuck. I mean, he murdered kids for years with no intervention because cops were like, 
boys run away. What are you going to do? Yes. The boys on the highway. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so this is a similar thing of just like, eh, they're fucking poor kids. Who knows? They're probably, you know, out begging somewhere. They'll come home eventually or like they probably sold their kid and, you know, who cares? They're just, they just don't matter. There's so many of them, right? They're so replaceable. Who cares? Yes. Kids are just ubiquitous. They're out after hours. They're drinking. They're out of school. Yeah. yeah the Atlanta child murders. That's, that's a big part of it. Absolutely. Like, you know, there's kids, kids playing around in the neighborhood and, you know, playing basketball one day and all of a sudden never seen again, or, you know, going in the woods. Mm -hmm. and it's something that perennially comes up in the 20th century in North America. And it's been echoed in so many documentaries. So too many. Um, yeah. And it's like just such a effect of our existence, unfortunately, yeah. these patterns going back over and over again. Yeah. So, so just in case you were wondering, it's been happening for a long fucking time, which mm -hmm. I'm sure you all knew, but you know, as a mother, someone basically sitting there and telling me, yeah, your kid's going to come back. It's fine. It's not a big deal, whatever. And no one taking this seriously. I mean, it's, it makes you sick to your stomach. And this is what these families are enduring in Barcelona. There's right. nothing anyone is doing. And these are people who have no means. They have no access. They can't afford they no any privilege. help. No. Yeah. They can't get an audience with a magistrate. They can't no, get No, they're inconsequential, like beyond. So, mm. yeah. So uh, back to Enriqueta. So she seems to be running a fairly successful little pedophile ring until about 1909 when some local unrest upsets things significantly. Now, <laughs> I am not a historian of Spain, but I know and and some of you may know uh, Spain is like a real hot mess <laughs> uh, in through the 19th century and through the I mean, a lot of the world is kind of a hot mess at the beginning at the turn of the century. Let's let's be fucking right. real. Um, so they've got a lot of tension going on. Uh, there's revolutions and hatred towards the government, you know, typical shit of the turn of the century. So a lot of this tension comes to a head in the summer of 1909. And from July 26th to July 31st, an event occurred that would be known as the Setmana Tragica of 1909, which is the tragic week, which is like, woo. <laughs> And I had never learned about this, but Luke, it's actually so much like the Civil War draft riots that happened in New York, mm. which were also fucking in July. Isn't that weird? And it's the same in that the soldiers are being forced into conscription, right? Mm -hmm. Even though they're the sole breadwinners for their family. And if they go to fight in a war, their families will have nothing. Their families will fall apart. So they're being forced into conscription. They're going to fight in a basically like colonial nonsense in Morocco that is not popular. No one wants anything to do with this fight. Mm, like a proxy yeah, war. Yeah. And it's like Vietnam. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And also like the draft riots, uh, the rich could pay their way out of it, leaving mm. the burden on the poor and the working class. Sure. So this all comes to a head and there's fighting in the streets. There's riots, there's strikes, they're burning down monasteries and convents because somehow this all comes back to the Catholic church being horrible. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some of them were, I would go so far as to say shades of Bolsheviks, anti-militarist, anti-colonial, anti-clerical, yeah. anti- There's waves of anarchism it's and a tough revolutionary time. spirit. Yeah. 
in yeah. Europe, and we've talked about this that Europe is yeah, brimming that's with ricocheting this. around absolutely yeah. and Spain is yeah. no exception to that toss out the old order and, yeah and just like the draft riots it also only stops because uh, the military shows up and says everyone needs to fucking stop it <laughs> right right and of course there's an aftermath uh police and army casualties there's eight dead 124 wounded and like something like 104 to 150 civilians are killed and like 1700 people are indicted in military courts and five were sentenced to death for inciting the riots it's wow. pretty bad <laughs> yeah. yeah um so again very comparable to new york draft riots and because of this insane lawlessness the government tries to really crack down on crime in general. And of course, that's bad news that Erniqueta Marti, because, uh, you know, she's operating a fucking child brothel <laughs> and it's found out, which is great. But <laughs> what's crazy is that according to records, she is never brought to trial and is ultimately released from prison. That's suspicious. Why is that? Why do you think, Luke? Why do you think that this woman mm. would be set free? Because perhaps someone in authority was one of her clients who would shelter her from uh, punishment. That's option A. Option B is yeah. one of her clients said, hey, judge, police magistrate, whoever, here's a buttload of fucking money. Just let her go. Who sure. cares? Right? Because mm -hmm. everyone's on the take, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. tale as old as time. <laughs> and this is a this is a providence of the rich, this kind of evil, illicit, right? Like we hear yeah. about whether it's true or not, the, the pedophile rings of like the highest levels of government in our country, mm -hmm. whether or not it's, it's sensational. It, it comes from something that did happen at Correct. some point. Yeah. And it makes total sense that it comes a lot of again, think of the the Catholic Church, absolutely, and come up into the 20th century. The keepers. It's and not all like that. this stuff doesn't going happen. On for a long time. You know, so it's yeah. it's understandable yeah. why there are conspiracies as nutso as because the shit happened at one yeah. point. Yeah, and it's hard for people. <laughs> Once you're burned like that, it's hard to trust. <laughs> I get it. I really do. So she seems untouchable because she also she's got a lot of information. <laughs> You know, she's got a lot of dirt. Yeah, everybody. A lot of dirt. So she kind of ratchets things up a little bit from this. Point. <laughs> she doesn't go into hiding. She doesn't pull back. She doesn't take the money and run. No, it would seem that she she also has an additional little side hustle within the brothel. At the time <laughs> in Spain, <laughs> apparently superstition was said. To the how do I say this in a way that's not? <laughs> just hit it. I'm just, just gonna it, try. Girl. I'm just gonna try. Yeah. Basically, women believed that a treatment for you know, let's say, just like a serum of youthfulness would uh -huh. be uh, the blood of children. Yeah. And eating it. Got it. So. <laughs> she's yeah. she is a bruja, right? She's a witch. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this is. Now, this is the part of the story where it starts to get a little more wonky in terms of fact and fiction. But if it is true, she was now mm -hmm. also procuring children to murder them and take their blood, their bone, 
their flesh and turn it into potions and pulstices and creams and drinks okay. and all kinds of stuff. So she's catering to the wealthy men via child prostitution. The carnal, the carnal and desire. And she's catering to the wealthy women by giving them this illegal, evil <laughs> beauty regimens. <laughs> Right. So she's got her own, yeah, she's got her evil QVC <laughs> vampire bitch um, beauty line that is cannibalistic, vampiristic, yeah, yeah, yeah. really the worst kind of, the kind and of thing. And here's a fun tie-in. Apparently, she bragged that one of her concoctions containing the blood of children could heal tuberculosis. <laughs> Just throw that in there. Oh, no. <laughs> Those poor consumptives, they have enough going for them. Um, no, this is so bad. So this is 1909-1910. Yeah, this is not a time this should be happening. This is not the, the 11th century. No. This is... Oh, it's my so, God. This is really this messed is really up. really messed up. So by 1911, yeah, we're already two years into the future, people. 1911, the rumors that were once whispered are starting to grow into mm -hmm. more like a hey where'd all those kids go <laughs> oh, no. and more children are actually being reported missing and as i mentioned before previously authorities did little to investigate but mm -hmm. the outrage is at an all-time high and people are fucking pissed so right. the civil governor of the city uh manuel portela valderes is how I've decided to say his name, whether or not that's accurate. Beautiful. Uh, he Spinning. makes a public statement. My When I'm pronouncing Spanish, my inspiration is always the monorail <laughs> from Disney World. So that's why I have to do that voice. <laughs> but anyway, he makes a public statement and says, basically like, what? There are no missing children. You guys are fucking crazy. Uh, right, classic political yeah. politician move. Just pivot. Yeah, the yeah. kids are the kids are all right. It's fine. It's ten people. They just ran it's away. Yeah, you know parent. where your children are. You're a bad goddamn parent. You know where your children are. Yeah. They're in the brothel. Um, yeah. And Ooh. why would he do this? Why this pivot? Because what did I tell you about 1909 and about Barcelona in general? He's scared of more fucking riots and unrest. Right. So this is probably being also handed down to him from higher government being like, you got to squash this shit. We don't. Because if Henry Ketta is exposed, yeah. that will also cause a riot. Whereas if the children continue to disappear, that maybe could just simmer and boil and they can mm -hmm. try to, you know, lance it or tamper down, tamp down the energy, right? With so many plants. Yeah, or maybe also begin like quietly investigating and trying to figure it out, but like trying to keep it as quiet as yeah. possible, right? Correct. Then one day, hmm. a five-year-old girl named Teresita uh, Guitar is rumored to be missing. And she is the turning point in this story. On February 10th, 1912, according to her mother, Anna, she had been out and about with the little girl, Teresita, and she stops to talk to her neighbor at the door of a house. And they were pretty close to their home. So she lets go of Teresita's hand and she says, go ahead, just go home. And of course, when she gets home, the little girl's not there. Mm -hmm. So the search, she reports this immediately and the search begins immediately. It went on for days and days. People thought this was just going to be the same as it's been. And then comes the hero, 
of this story, a fucking busybody neighbor, which I love a Gladys Kravitz moment. (laughs) (laughs) If you see something, people say something you should, even if you're fucking wrong. It's okay. (laughs) Because what happens is this broad, Claudina, is it Elias or Elias? How do they, how do you say it in Spanish? I don't know. Let's say Elias. Elias um, (laughs) said one day she noticed a young child standing in a window who she thought could very well be Teresita. And I've read a couple different things. One of them said that her hair was cut super, super short. So she almost looked like a little boy at first. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But she just felt it in her gut. Something seemed wrong. Right. And so she told yeah. someone else, and then eventually it worked its way to the police. And so the police are finally like, oh, I guess we have to go. <laughs> oh, um, policia. Uh, oh, we got police now. So February right. 27th, 1912, the cops go to Enriqueta's home. And I guess the law was a little different then because their version of a warrant was them knocking on the door and saying, good morning, I've come to inspect your home because we've had a complaint that you have chickens. (laughs) That is a quote. Excellent cover. Excellent cover. (laughs) Wink, wink. Royal? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the extent of your Spanish. I mean, I feel like Poyo is like the cooked chicken. I feel like there's actually better work for like the live chicken. It's like a raw chicken. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get more raw than alive. Yeah. So anyway. So right, you're in the city limits. You can't have chickens, girl. You have chickens. No. Let us in. <laughs> Great excuse. So they immediately find two girls, two little girls there. Alive? Yes. One is named uh, Angelita, who Enriquita immediately says, oh, no, that's just my daughter. She's actually my daughter. And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, then who's that? <laughs> and it's Teresita. And mm. Enriquita's like, no, no, no. I just found her the other day. She was in the street. She was wandering. She was lost. Blah, blah, blah. And the police immediately know that's not true because... <laughs> this had been reported to them that they this girl was seen by the neighbor five days prior. So they're like, mm. no, you didn't. You didn't. And then they get this window. Yeah. She's like, no, you mm-hmm. didn't. We know for a fact you didn't. Also like, excuse me, five days? What fucking took you so long? <laughs> right. The girl maybe had been shy. Didn't want to tell you who her parents were, but <sighs> come on. Anyway, so they arrest Enriqueta Marti. Yay! Yes, God save whoever the government was. <laughs> Those guys. And and she, they know who she is. She has a bad reputation for, you know, corrupting minors. Being a bruja. And they interview Teresita and she tells the police exactly what happened and basically said that she was approached by her in a very sweet way. And she said this exactly, mm. this is the quote, come pretty, come. I have sweets for you, which is just come, little yes! children. I'll take exactly you away. That is She's literally the genesis. The genesis She's of strange. Literally danger. a witch. Yeah. Oof, that's so terrible. Um, Do we know? She- yes, there's photos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And spooky, or would she have been like charming? Google, she Google her real fast. Go ahead. She's actually mm. fairly pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's all right. <laughs> she's all right. 
for a child sex trafficker. Oh my god. No, I mean, you know, and you don't know there's like one photo of her, but you don't know like what she would be like in real life, right? You don't know how if she No, would what be, is her smile like? Is she charismatic, her right? Charm. You know, no, her no, no. Eyes, you know. Of course. She looks kind of vacant behind the eyes, but yeah, I mean, she doesn't she's not like a strega, like an old, you know, she's No, she's not. middling middling age at this point cuz no. she's 1869, so it's like she's 40. She's 40. Yep, she's yeah. 43 I think when she gets arrested. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, Teresita says that's that's literally what she did to try to lure her, but she did have stranger danger and she tried to get away. And that's when she says she covered her head with a black scarf and took her away. Oof, Super witchy and scary. Teresita also says that she had heard Enriqueta stab a little boy who had been living there named Pepita. And I guess oh Enriqueta didn't know that Teresita saw that, but... Yeah, so she's Holy spilling shit. she's spilling all the beans on yeah. what it's been like to be in that house for the last I, at this point I guess it's like a couple weeks. She is reunited with her family of course and the police begin investigating the apartment and she didn't just have this one apartment. She had there was the space where the brothel was, there was the space where she did kind of her witchy shit, there's where she lived. So they've got a scour all of these different places apparently mm -hmm. and look into her shit so immediately though when they're there uh arresting her they do find a bag with clothes and the knife that's covered in blood oh no yeah and they go on to these other places and police find bloody clothing there's kind of blood everywhere a bag of dirty clothes small bones preserved oh. human remains skeletons powdered bones all of the ingredients that she would need for her you know right she's mortal, she's mortar and pestling and boiling and yeah 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 conjuring a bitch they found fake ceilings and walls that contained human remains Ugh. they found children's remains in jars <laughs> they found uh basically what you would call like her little black book uh, lots of letters, coded somewhat, but it's believed that the it was very clear, like the names of the clients. Yeah, they dug in the yard as well, and they found a skull of a three-year-old, numerous bones of kids three, six, and eight years old. Yeah, I mean, it's damning evidence. <laughs> so okay, she confesses mm -hmm. to owning a brothel and selling the children to men but she's not talking like, about the she's murder not the, she's not the killer as far as she's concerned no uh -huh. she's a businesswoman it's the men who are the monsters that's like what she's saying to the police mm -hmm. and ultimately her husband is interviewed and he's like yeah angelita that's not our kid we didn't have any kids <laughs> threw her under the bus so <sighs> angelita was actually his sister's baby that Enriqueta had stolen in childbirth. Whoa. And she had told his sister that the baby was stillborn. Oh, so she stole her niece from her sister-in-law. Yes. Yeah, so this becomes another narrative where her defense is saying that she's mentally ill. And she kidnapped these children because she herself could not have children because mm. she supposedly has some sort of issue with her uterus. And the blood that's everywhere 
is from her uterus and she ultimately is dying from uterine cancer. And the husband says, like, one of the reasons why they struggled as a couple was there was, yeah, she wasn't right, like, Mm -hmm. mentally. Like, Mm -hmm. she was off. Mm -hmm. And some of the sources say it was the inability to conceive, to hold a pregnancy is what made her so fucking crazy. Why it would make her become a child sex trafficker? I don't really know if there's an excuse for that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I get by. I can, get, I can understand the mental health issues and the and you maybe know, kidnapping. Maybe Not that it's the, okay. Maybe kidnapping but, the one relative. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. Make you sure. my daughter. You're, you're my daughter. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. And she's saying all the bones and all that stuff. That's stuff that I just procured to make <laughs> my my wares. You know. Yeah. I'm not the bad guy here. All these rich fucks, they're the ones buying this shit. I'm just a businesswoman. I just work here. (laughs) Do you guys know the bone trade laws? They're bullshit. Okay, I can do whatever I want. Basically, you can't prove anything. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Hello. Now I'm going to get my chickens, and I'm going to get out of here. (laughs) Chickens, you got me on that, okay? All right. I'll I'll pay the the fine. I'll pay the fine for the boyo. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is, Is there a relative number? No. Okay. We do not just, know. Everything no. is so abstract. And it's and, and it's bones br- and pieces and yeah, shit like that. Different processing, grinding. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, so there's no way to know at all. Yeah. Again, if it's true. Because very mm-hmm. quickly the media gets on this story. Mm-hmm. And they they're the ones who call her the vampire of Barcelona. And yeah. they're the ones who go the fuck in on all the gory stuff. And one of the researchers said that it was actually a reporter or someone who gained access to a lot of these places and gave information to the public about what was seen and likely embellished a lot of this shit. Right. So, you know, it's funny because the child sex trafficking, you think that would be enough on its own that you don't have to make her a vampire. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, one thing that I think we do know also about the turn of the century, I mean, now as well, but the this yellow journalism, this like hot and sexy headline stuff was yes. so big. I, I sadly, <laughs> I immediately, my reference was like, oh, yeah, it's like in the Newsies. The Just headline. like that. Got to get of the course. headline. <laughs> you got to get the headline. And like, you know, this idea that you'd walk up to a newsstand and like peruse the titles and be like, oh, that sounds really fucking crazy. Let me buy three of those for all the it's guys in the, the office. Three vampire you know? of Barcelona feasting yes. on babies. And like the way you'd give your pennies to, you know, um, who is the who's William Randolph Hearst? Bale. The way you give your money, <laughs> you give, give your pennies to Christian Bale, who you know pays up <laughs> to William Randolph Hearst. Um, you know, we're giving an hour of attention of clicks to the mm-hmm. internet, right? We're paying. Christian Bale has gotten so many of my pennies over the years. <laughs> He's gotten so much of my attention. Um, so that. we're paying in our attention now with the attention economy, but you're Correct. paying then with your dollar and you're picking up the print, the paper. Yes. And um, yeah. And so, and we, and we can forget, but you think about Ted Bundy and things like that, Absolutely. where they were always like waiting to be like, what's the media going to call me? What are they going to say? And, oh, they got it wrong. And they, they call me the butcher of X and I'm not really that I'm more precise than, and- you know. And more, you know, current serial killers, more modern day serial killers, some of them were very good at playing with the press, Ted Bundy being one of those people. With the letters. He tried to use the press to like, be like, look how, what a nice guy I am. Yeah. 
I'm I can... so fucking charming. I couldn't do this. Right. Are you kidding me? Right. And I think she didn't have the ability to communicate with the press. She was she was dead in the press before she had a chance. And that part of the story actually reminds me of um, Amanda Knox mm. and what they the papers did to her in Italy and yes. in England, how they ripped her apart before she ever got a chance to actually be on trial. Yeah, really sad there. Terrible, terrible story. And so there's sort of this, I guess, alternative history where more people are reading through these old newspapers who are looking for facts on what exactly happened. And it's way more murky than mm. was realized because it's, think of what this story is. This is a nightmarish story that I was, I was listening to an interview where a guy who was like, this is the wicked witch. This yeah. is the story you tell your children it is, I'm sounding Russian. That's not. It's Spanish. the boogeyman. It's Popsy. <laughs> it's all of that. It's the same thing. It it's is. like we found this person. Let's excommunicate yeah. them. Crucify Don't let go them. of your mother's hand, or Enriqueta Marti will take you away. Yeah. yeah, and we love it. We we were we're we're repulsed by it, but we love yeah. the story because yeah. yeah, it's 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 life affirming. It's also you know part of the yeah a way to compel good behavior of your kids. Mm -hmm. It's all about the kids. Um, this and is fascinating. I wonder if there's is. like documentaries. Nada. Oh, nothing, nothing. I know. So what I'm hoping is that there's a build, building interest in this story at some point and more things get translated from Spanish into English because I want to read more about what actual historians and researchers have found on her because a lot of it's, you're, if you Google this, guys, you're going to see tons of like, murder serial killer on YouTube and like stupid countdowns and like saying without question yeah. that she was a serial killer and she did all right. these terrible things. Like the auto speech, like Enriqueta was a murderer exactly. and she killed at least 45,000 people. <laughs> yeah, 45. Blood was found in her house. <laughs> yes. Exactly. We got to get on the Morbid Museo podcast, our sister podcast. Our in, sis I in know. Spain. Where are you? <laughs> Mi compadres. <laughs> Uh, oh my god i love how i mean i don't love anything about this but i am intrigued by how underexplored this subject is because you and i i'm amazed looking for something that like this has been raked over this has been done a million this times really hasn't been at and this all. is fascinating and if it's it, it's got to be something more than just the language gap you know because it's not a big leap it's not I like think spanish it's is a remote I, language I think you it's know because the story is really fucking good yeah, I think it's a really good as it is, and why would you want to mess with it? That's true too. And isn't that the what the yellow journalism is all about? You know, print, exactly. print the legend. That's what sells the paper. And you know, we have seen kind of in recent times with some of these documentaries. You know, we've talked. You and I have talked about you know this the newer Son of Sam documentary and yes. some of these other things the john wayne mm -hmm. gacy stuff where it's like there's more conspiracy there's more going on so one of the thoughts about enriqueta is that she's kind of a scapegoat that she becomes none of these guys are mentioned in these papers right. she's the only villain in the story she's the face on the newspapers and this helps to actually quiet down the fact that no one is releasing this list even though initially people know it exists mm -hmm. right and people are saying oh no that's just a list of names where she would go to beg 
or like try to push her business. But like these people, that list doesn't actually mean they went to the brothels. Right. right. So yeah, it's. We don't know if she had accomplices. I know. I mm. think, I think she would have coughed that up right away. Cause she, it sounds like she was ready to squeal on a lot of these people. Yeah. The fact that the little uh, Teresita witnessed that witnessed a murder is chilling. Right? Yeah. And yeah. if there if there was another party there, like a you know a, a strong male character who would do the heavy lifting, like that would be a moment where that would have been we would revealed. know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it certainly it does not sound like her husband was even around. This is bizarre. For a lot of this. this whole relationship is bizarre. Yeah, their relationship's weird. So, <laughs> so she's in jail and she's awaiting trial, and she gets real lucky because the coverage of her is horrible and nonstop. And the way she gets lucky is through one of the greatest tragedies of the 20th century, the motherfucking Titanic Six. <laughs> I was going to say, you said 1912. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. <laughs> oh, no. So yep. it's April 15th, 1912, you guys. Titanic was down. So all the news cycles shift completely yes. to the Titanic. And the heat is off her big time <laughs> lucky broad and things just kind of fall apart and her trial is getting delayed and she kind of just rots in prison for a while until mm. she dies on may 12th 1913 oh so she doesn't make it very long no and so even her death there's question marks more people today historians people who've done re more current research on her believe that she actually died of her uterine cancer um, which would make sense because it sounds like if, if the other stuff is true, then she'd been long suffering with it. Mm. Um, but then there's the other story of she was beaten or hung by fellow prisoners, either of their own desire because of her crimes or they were bribed to do so My by God, wealthy this is like freaking Jeffrey Epstein. So... Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, no. Typical. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. There are, and here's where it gets even better. There are zero case files on her that still exist. Either they were destroyed intentionally or otherwise. So yeah, all that, that exists mostly is these fucking newspaper articles. Right, which are not reliable. And. <laughs> Arr, I'm so mad. I know, it's crazy. And this. <laughs> This like little black book thing, it's it's hard to prove that this was like a bribery scandal, which we know is a great way to make money. It also reminds me of like, you know, Heidi Fleiss and yes. all of that stuff yes. um, for any of you older people <laughs> who recall that nightmare. Tabloid shopping cart uh, hangers on. Or similar to those fucking Epstein flight records. When are those getting yeah. released? Oh my God, please. Do you think that the Clintons will murder those two? Or <laughs> <laughs> hey oh <laughs> Got him. <laughs> so, so there's no evidence trail. There's no forensics. There's no, like, there's nothing. So there have been some forensics. Apparently the bones that were uncovered, all of that forensic evidence, they were adults. And it seemed that they were a lot older, like mm. how long they had been there. Mm. And that the odds are perhaps instead she had grave robbed them. Right. She's digging, procuring. Yeah. Because isn't that easier than killing someone? Isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Stealing, hair, stealing children 
yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of work, man. It's, it's a lot of work. A lot of work. I, I can't even drag my kid out of Target, man. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. So, yeah, there's, it's, it's a crazy story. I don't really know what's real and what's not real. And when I listen to these more recent historians and researchers talk about it, I, I become like a doubter of that sure. where I'm like, are you just like an apologist? You're trying to come at this from like a feminist perspective of this woman was being blamed for the horror of men and yeah. what men were doing. Or is this like, you just don't want to believe this is part of your heritage, that this is such a horrible thing that happened that you have to find a way for it to not be true, which we see a lot with conspiracy mm -hmm. theories, mm -hmm. right? Or was she just a distraction from the fact that the city was in horrible turmoil and, you know, she really took the heat off of the government at the time because right. everything was so fucked in Barcelona. Right. And she was able to operate, which was part of the dysfunction of the government and the civil and the civil order. Right. But it was, yeah, it's a way of, it's a way of taking some of the blame and the shade away from the powers of be. She um, makes for a fabulous distraction from oh, yeah. all the other shit, from the disgusting pervy men, from yeah. the government being a disaster, from mm -hmm. the police being inept and also corrupt because it is discovered that they knew about these childs. Brothels. Abductions. Oh, the God. brothels. Oh, God. Yeah. So everyone's a shady bitch. <laughs> so this is like a classic, like, documentary subject because this is the, you know, the best kind of documentaries that we watch are those where you watch it over and over again and you get a different take every time. Yep. And a, a good treatment of this would would dive into all those angles. This would be an eight part series. Oh my god! It would be fucking on serial yeah. podcast. Like <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's a whole a whole damn thing so yeah we need to flesh out the records don't say so, flesh out <laughs> oops um we need to um bring to light Suss we need out? To translate yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's um i think when you are relying heavily purely on periodicals it's hard to know just how true something is because yeah. newspapers i i think we all know they are, at the end of the day, written by human beings who are trying to sell newspapers. It is a capitalist product. It is, yeah, trying to have you. You're trying to buy it. They want you to buy it, and all the more reason you got. You got a whiff of a story that's 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 interesting. That's kooky. That's horrible. That's violent. That's morbid. How can I make it as morbid and as sensational as possible? Yeah, as a way to attract your eyes and mm -hmm. your your fingers on the newsprint. Um, okay, is there a landscape? access point <laughs> this story so yeah obviously she doesn't like have her own museum or anything dedicated is to her, her does she have a grave like what's the deal so she was actually buried in like you know like a pauper's grave like a mass grave because okay. she's just she a, a broke yeah. <laughs> madam basically um so yeah so i don't know if we know exactly i as far as i could tell there wasn't like a a headstone or anything like that it sounds right, like she was just kind of chucked but you could if you were so inclined to do so visit the street which uh it was called carrer ponet 
so yeah, now it's called like the uh, Carrer de Joaquin Costa. And it's not like there's a marker or something where it happened. Mm. Uh, it actually is. The area is like very Pakistani and Filipino now. And okay. I think her specific apartment, which would have been number 29, it's now a very scary, haunted, terrifying uh, fruit shop. <laughs> no. Yeah. So uh, there's nothing really to look at per se, but you could walk the streets where she once walked. That's as much as you can do. And they will talk about her on spooky tours of Barcelona and stuff like mm, that. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's, it's pretty recent and her story is pretty shameful if it's true. Shameful in either direction, either all the shame is hers or all the shame is the government and the police. And everyone. if she's innocent of half a thing she's accused of, she's still pretty despicable. Yep. And that's that. <laughs> da, da, da. The more you know. Um, I'd as like to I know more about this, as I googled the gentle lady, yes, um, I saw there's a the Barcelona Vampires film from Ooh. 2020. There is a movie. It is in Spanish, but I okay. do want to watch it. That sounds like a date. I think um, it has subtitles. It well, needs please, to have subtitles. Please. Come on, <laughs> we have to have subtitles. Yes, it also is. Uh, it leans into the more common story. None of the things that I was mentioning today. Oh, really? Oh yeah, it goes into the murder, her being a child murderer, blood sucking monster person. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also like it, it gives me a lot of you know this is in, the, in a movie like this we would think of it as being Grand Guignol esque, mm -hmm. but it's based on real life. Mm -hmm. So like all of these stories and tropes usually have a genesis in some horrible thing that happened, and it's an interesting interplay between history, art, you know, commemoration, tourism, you know what we talked about on this podcast. So mm -hmm. you did it. Um, I did it. Is, <laughs> so did it. And this is so great. I mean, this is so horrible. Strike. Um, this, <laughs> thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing the story. Um, this has been a really interesting wild ride. I'm it really went. inspired to learn more. Um, yeah, me too. I hope, I hope we find more. And again, like Spanish language listeners, let me know if you come across some things. There's so many newspaper articles that I could not access. For, because of language barrier, I wasn't able to translate them. So let me know. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Morbid Museum Podcast. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review to the Morbid Museum Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Please email us at themorbidmuseum at gmail.com. Follow us on YouTube, on Instagram, and TikTok at the Morbid Museum. And please join us on Patreon. Become a more buddy today. We appreciate your support and keep listening. And until next time, we'll see you for another gallery talk inside the Morbid Museum. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.